We're going. Oh, we're recording. Yeah, we are, man. Is, it's so weird with the with the new Zencaster platform. It's uh, you know, not the same. It's good though. It's good. Your your video is a little fuzzy. Are you seeing that on your end? I'm not. It's kind of frustrating because last week it was there was like a delay in my voice. I, I still see a delay in my voice. I'm still there's still a delay. Well, your Wi-Fi is trash. What are you gonna do? I just got something new installed too, so I, I don't know. Maybe I have to wire in. All right, people don't want to hear about this, so let's just no, move on. Now they don't. They don't. <laughs> it is another Learn Lead Thursday. A beautiful time to be alive. Life is great. A lot of transition going on in both of our lives. Landon, how's everything going, my brother? It's going good, man. Just bought a car and just trying to trying to maintain. I got a. It's like it's a whole new. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't had a car payment in forever, and now I do, and it's kind of like a, a weird, a weird thing. But I'm used to just the student loans and the normal fixed expenses going out every month, and you throw another thing on top. But I'm happy with it. So, welcome to the real world, brother. Congratulations yeah, well, on the car. It's beautiful. Yeah, nice little you. Lexus. Yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm currently finally got out of my car lease, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, and you know rolled the miles back. Still got hit with a fat bill. But Did you really? Life goes on. Yeah, two thousand dollars they charged me for some for like, minor dents. Oh yeah. Some yeah, they they destroy you. It's not right, but it is what it is. You know, life goes on. That uh, truck that truck served its purpose, man. You had that thing for a while. Yeah. No, I loved it. I miss it. But like I said, life goes on. Tony is going to Miami. You're going to Miami well, when tomorrow. this when this episode appears. When this episode actually comes out, I'll have gone to Miami already, and I'll be back from Miami. No come shit. This Thursday, okay. Because we were uh, we record about a week before, so you know everything that we do, we're talking about pretty much the week prior, which isn't too crazy of a delay, but a delay nonetheless. How's seventy five hard going? We're, we're, cro- we're approaching the finish line. Day sixties tomorrow. I won't keep doing the whole, you know, deep dive on my story like I've been doing the last couple of weeks, but it's going good. It's going good. I'm looking forward to just finishing strong. Good, good. I've been yeah. killing myself with uh, with these workouts. I'm training for this triathlon, and it is totally out of my league. I do not belong in the triathlon space whatsoever, but that's exactly why I'm doing it, right. because everything that's hard, I like to gravitate towards, especially after reading that Goggins book. It's just, you know, I want to take the past, the path of most resistance every single time, and I don't do it for, you know, obviously I want a great body and I want to be in sick shape, but I want to callous my mind more importantly so that, you know, anytime I'm experiencing any type of adversity in my life, I can revert back to the fact that I can do a triathlon or like I'm training nonstop and it's become a non-negotiable for me. I finished the book the other night and uh, I think we've mentioned this on here a couple of times, but we have a book group that we pick a book every quarter and, and we read a, a, a self-help or entrepreneurial um, self-improvement type book and uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins was that book. And we chatted a little bit about this last last week as well, um, or the last episode, I guess at this point, you hearing this episode, it'll be two weeks ago. Um, but we chatted a little bit about that. I was still finishing the book. I finished it the other night. Um I gotta be honest. I think the, the message is great. Uh, I think that like just the whole concept of where he comes from is great. But I think he, I think it was way, way like strung out. I feel like he wrote 350 pages that could have been chopped down into like 150. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I, I have to disagree. I love the stories. I honestly don't care about hearing like, 
uh, the little you know one-liners and stuff like that because you see him everywhere. Mm-hmm. But the stories themselves really show you how much of a savage he is. You know, he painted the picture for the first like two chapters about his childhood. I mean, the fact that he even made it out alive was crazy. Agreed. Agreed. I was so locked in. When he went into his childhood, I was so locked in with everything going on. I mean, not not spoiling it, but just just what his mother went through, what he went through with this, you know, just growing up into high school. All of that to me was awesome. All the way through Buds, he talks about his Buds training. That was awesome. I love that. And then after that point, I was kind of like, the whole second half of the book was all about, you know, his racing and his his like, all these things he was doing, which were awesome, but I think it could have been like a lot more like to the point, a little bit more. But then again, but then again, I guess like the other side of it would say he talks about all these stories in depth to explain the evolution of where he's come and what and 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 he's very open on his failure. I mean, he he probably writes more about his failures in the book than he does his successes, which is which is probably the huge theme of the book anyways it's it's about failing and putting yourself in situations like doing a triathlon and and getting uncomfortable and and asking yourself well what if what if i did do it even though the walls are up around me and and the world's saying i can't do it or i shouldn't do it or why would i do it that's probably all the more reason to do it absolutely and i think that's part of being a good leader in general just embracing that failure Mm -hmm. and you know taking responsibility for you know not achieving what you wanted to do and, you know, trying to be better. Nobody's expecting you to be perfect whatsoever. But if you try and lie your way through it and come up with excuses, you're not benefiting anyone. You're just lying to yourself. Nobody actually cares <laughs> at the end of the day. You know, it makes me think because I got I got pretty mad today. Not mad, but just just thinking about society in general. And, I, you know, I talk to a lot of people and they're always coming up with these excuses. And I I hate excuses such as like, oh, why can't, you know, like, oh, I don't have the time to read or oh, I haven't found the time to go to the gym. It's like, no, you didn't. You didn't. You, you just didn't want to do it. It's it not. It's not. It's just not a non-negotiable. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a priority. That's it. We have we don't have a time management issue, as you would say, as Tony Robbins would say. It's not a time management issue. It's a priority management issue. I have an insanely, insanely packed day. Got a pack for Miami. Um, that's on the back burner. Got to work nonstop all day and then do a bunch of stuff. Drop my dog off, do all that stuff. So there was no way I could get in a workout which is why I woke up at 5 a.m. and did that shit because it's a non-negotiable for me. It's not, I'm not tooting my own horn because it's not that, you know, people do it. It's not a big deal, but it's about that's important to me and I got it done. I made the accommodation, which most people don't do. But, but, but I'll say this, like I've seen you and you've seen me and we've seen each other not make that a priority. We've seen that, you know, we've both fucked up like we haven't we're not perfect or anything like that it's just a matter of recognizing it and taking action on it right like we've all point. we've all literally slept in and, and bullshitted and and not you know done what we we're supposed to or done what we know was in our best interest just because it was easier to just hit the snooze button i appreciate you saying that because that is definitely a point that i wanted to make and that i might have missed is that it's okay you know it, it's okay to be that way and have experienced that because we all go through it and we're going to continue to go through it there's definitely going to be days like that but you have to be self-aware enough to understand where you're at and come up with a list of priorities. The first thing I always do when I want to reset, write down my non-negotiables. What are non-negotiable for me? And if I can put one foot in front of the other each day and make it happen in a slow compounding way, boom, that's it. I'm reading a book about habits like I talked about last week, not going to go deep into it, but the easiest way to start a habit, two minutes max. If you want to get going to the gym every day, go to the gym for five minutes every single day. Don't don't stay longer than five minutes. You Whoa. form the habit. Oh, of go- that's crazy. No, wow. It's, I, it's I extreme. Like it 
But you yeah. form the habit of going to the gym. And now it's like, okay, now I'm, now I'm not missing the gym. And then two weeks later, you're in there for 15 minutes and then an hour. You know, it's an extreme, but you have to start slow to ramp up to that end goal. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and maybe five minutes is different for everybody, right? Like maybe, maybe it takes them 15 minutes to get to the gym. I know for myself, it takes me 15 minutes. I ain't driving 15 minutes to the gym to stay there for five minutes. But at the same time, maybe I stay there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm bullshit on the bike, bullshit on the treadmill and get out of there maybe. And then I, and then I get the itch to do more. Right. And I think at the end of the day, you know, the premise of what I'm trying to say is all you have to do is show up. And if you show up more times than you don't, you're going to do better in life. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Just show up, do the things that you said you're going to do, and you're going to build more self-respect for yourself. And that is the key to happiness. In my opinion, you build that self-confidence by creating evidence to your subconscious mind that you are the person that you say you're going to be. It's so easy mm-hmm. to get involved in, uh, you know, saying shit or outlining things and doing all this stuff, typing it out, saying you're going to do it. And that's great. I want you to do that. Manifest it. But then actually take action. Mm-hmm. Massive action is why there are just very small percentage of people that actually get ahead in this world and that are not complacent to high achievers because of the people that actually take action are willing to fail. I digress. I'm a little aggressive about it. The reading thing actually gets me more annoyed than anything to be honest, because you don't have to go outside. You don't have to go drive to the gym. You don't have to exert any physical energy. You could read one page. There's no excuse not to read one page or an article or something if you want to feed your brain. If you don't want to do it, no problem. But if you say you want to do it and you come up with an excuse to me, you're bullshitting yourself and I'm not here for it. Yeah, but you don't have to but you don't have to read like actual words on a page to grow your not like you could go on you could watch you could watch, you know, documentaries or YouTube videos or you could just go, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like you have to crack open a physical book, but I, consuming knowledge and growing your, your mindset, I think is really what you're saying, right? Like Exa- the, the premise yeah. of educate, like re-educating yourself. So if you say the goal is that I want to learn something and if you're not actually doing that, if you're not taking the steps, like even subconsciously putting on a YouTube video in the background, you're just doing yourself a disservice. And you know, you're just coming up with excuses that are going to trickle down way further in life and you're going to fall way behind and then figure out and then look back and say, why is it that I didn't achieve this? And you're going to come up with every excuse in the book that's not your own. And eventually you're going to have to take self-accountability. And I hope it's not too late. Yeah. And and honestly, we, you speak from kind of experience at this point, right? I mean, so and, and I would agree, like I've I've done that. I have bullshitted. I have had the YouTube videos up in the background. And I honestly, up until I started the 75 Heart, I'd never read a book front to back since like, I, I may have been forced to in high school a couple of times. But other than that, I mean, that wasn't a habit that I built, right? And 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 other than that, I just dabbled and kind of cherry picked data and cherry picked ideas and hopped around from place to place versus really diving in and diving deep into topics. But not to not again, not to try to you know spend this, the first fifteen minutes of this podcast just like talking about us and ourselves and shit. I know, but this is really, this is big value, man. This yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. To give some context before we transition to uh, tee up our guest, I want people to understand that you are listening from King Bullshitter himself for so long. You've known me for so long that I bullshitted my entire way lazy. I, you know, I worked hard with sports. I, you know, but I was lazy. I took the path of least resistance because I had ability to do so. And I wish I didn't, but I needed to fall flat on my face because I learned a huge lesson that it's not a sustainable way to live. And so I got, fell flat on my face, flat on my ass, and eventually started to compound and build those habits and now all these habits have become subconscious. I'm not even close to where I want to be, 
but now I'm coming from experience. I'm not saying that I'm the best whatsoever because I'm not even close to that, but just, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I hope you take action this week. I love it. I love it. That's good stuff. What about our guest today? We have a really good guest for them today. What about our yeah. guest, Derek? We got Derek Clellan, absolute stud. He's actually our age. It's funny enough, I say absolute stud for everyone that we have on, but they are all absolute <laughs> studs. That's like my first go-to. And I always say amazing so much, but he is amazing nonetheless. He's the founder of The Buildsters. They specialize in educating homeowners and contractors in all things content creation. So they're now revolutionizing that industry because it's more like, it's a little outdated, definitely necessary for forever. You know, Constru- the construction, the construction industry, right? Construction. Yep. Got it. Yep, absolutely. You know, but now it needs, you know, technology is rapidly expanding. The marketing aspect of it is rapidly expanding. So they're using content creation to kind of be that liaison between contractors and people that need contractors and doing a great job nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, Derek's out there building seven figure businesses and helping, helping businesses across, across the world, man. So we talk about real estate. We talk about, you know, what he invests his money in and what he does with his world. His process. He has a podcast as well. We tee it up pretty well in the beginning of the interview as well. So other than that, hope you take action this week. Have a great day and enjoy Derek Lowen. Right, we got Derek Cleland here in the Learn Lead Studio. He's the founder of The Buildsters, which specializes in educating homeowners and contractors in all things construction through content creation within the industry. Also owns a landscaping business as well. Derek, how's it going? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Good, man. What's up? Thanks for thanks for having me on. Um, that was a nice intro. I like that. Um, so I was uh, I moved to San Diego. That's where I'm based right now. I moved to San Diego about two years ago with uh, one of my good friends from back home. I was born in Lake Tahoe. I grew up in Las Vegas. Um, I went to UNR for college, and I graduated about two years ago. Moved to San Diego with one of my friends, and uh, and we were just kind of trying to figure it out. I was working for a, a young entrepreneur. At the time, it was like a young business. We were selling uh, gifts. The company is called Global Global Gifting. It was like a executive gifting company, which and uh, it was cool. It was fun. I learned a lot, but I felt like I could be doing more. And um, and so, me and my business partner John, now who I was living with at the time, we uh, started just mowing lawns at the time, trying to figure out how to make some cash. Really, the goal was to make $200 a day. So we were like hitting the casinos, trying to play the roulette table and whatnot, you know, just like trying to figure out a way. And then uh, we ended up selling, we started doing like a ma- little maintenance, like cutting lawns and stuff like that for a couple hundred bucks. We ended up creating a, a Yelp page. We got a lead on Yelp for the landscaping company and it was like a $8,000 um forest clearing type job for this guy out in East County, San Diego. And we're like, all right, this is, you know, that's a pretty decent sized job. Um, so we ended up, we completed that job and then we kind of just were 
kept trying to sell jobs. And I have a, I have a decent background in sales. Like in college, I sold alarms door to door. And so I've always kind of, you know, been more on the sales side and same with my partner, John, he, he was the same way. So for us selling the jobs, it wasn't a huge issue. Um, you know, it took some time for us to really get down the pricing and whatnot of, of, uh, each product and, and the things that we are doing. But, um, you know, over time we got better at it and, what we really needed to do was get away from doing the work ourselves. You know, we would sell like a, like last summer we sold like a $30,000 job, a wall pavers and turf. Right. But we didn't know how to do it. So I'm up the night before on YouTube looking, trying to figure out how we're going to get this done. You know what I, I mean? Just, you know, it was just, we were just in the straight grind. I mean, it was fun, but um, it was, we were really just trying to figure it out. So we ended up kind of, we, we brought another one of our friends down to kind of help us out who had a little bit of a background in construction and then kind of fast forwarding a little bit. Um, we just kind of, we started posting on Instagram, started creating a little bit of a brand. And then we, we really created, we focused on relationships within the, within the industry, mainly with suppliers. So one of the main partners that we have now on the Buildster side of things is RCP Block and Brick, who is a block supplier um, and, and a construction material supply company here in San Diego. Um, and the guy that we were working with last year when we were selling these jobs to kind of handle our sales orders, his name is Craig Finch. We didn't find out later that he was, uh, he was the, the CEO's son and, you know, part of the Finch family who started that company. So we really kind of lucked out with that. And he was super, you know, he was really willing and open to kind of help us out. We asked him if we can grab some lunch just because we wanted to uh, kind of talk to him about what, what the next steps are for this landscaping company. Uh, when we, when we sat down and hung out, uh, we basically told him we are no experts by me, by any means in the actual construction of any of this. We need to get out of doing that. We like selling. We like kind of the the brokering of the landscaping jobs. We really focused on customer service. So that's why people liked us. They didn't like our work at the time, but they, they liked us, you know. So uh, he introduced us to uh, a gentleman named Jorge Chimon, who is now a partner in our landscaping company. And he pretty much changed the game for us. And that was um, early last November. Um, he just has all the experience in the world. He's a pretty young guy and he's 36. He's, he's got a, a family and, um, super nice guy. We've became really, really close and he has all the experience in the actual getting the stuff done. He had the tools, the truck and, and the guys. And so from there, we just kind of formed a partnership and, and started rolling. We would just focus on strictly selling jobs to the best of our ability and he would help us out kind of with pricing and, and navigating the, the different market prices for everything. Because um, at the time we were selling super low, you know, and then we really realized with, with high quality stuff, we can bump up our prices and increase our margin a little bit. And, and, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, the short background story of JJ's Landscaping. Um, we, last year we ended with like 200000 in revenue. Um, this year we've, we've kind of, we've scaled a little bit. We're at about 3 million in revenue, 3.3 million in revenue since January one of this year. Just a small Uh, scale. Really? I mean, it was just kind of, yeah, it was like a rocket ship really. I mean, what, what do you think, what do you think attributed to that? Uh, obviously a huge part of that is, has to do with Jorge and his skills and his efficiencies on the job. 
but we, and this is, this goes into the Buildsters. We really focused on creating a brand, creating a reputable company that people would notice um, and that people would enjoy coming back to for more work. And so that's, that's what John and I did. We, we got on social media, we got on Instagram, we, we basically were showcasing Jorge and his team and, and our team and, and uh, really showing what, what's possible in the landscape industry. And so through that, we, I think we were up to almost 4,000 followers, right? Like 3,600 or something on Instagram, but our, our engagement is great. Um, you know, we, we could be posting a little more, but it's crazy the amount of leads we actually get from Instagram. Um, which is a huge thing. And so that kind of translated into that there's a massive gap within this construction industry between the archaic old way of how all these other guys are doing it. You know, all these 50 to 60 year old contractors who've been doing it the same way, only using referrals, um, not using any marketing dollars or anything like that. And, And then, so we wanted to kind of switch it up and that's how we, we came up with the Buildsters. Interesting. So now I want to just circle back a little bit to the uh, the landscaping business. And when you first moved out to San Diego, what yeah. was the initial inspiration behind the goal of trying to make $200 a day? I think it comes out to like 75000 a year or some shit, I think. Oops, sorry, I cussed. No, Can don't worry about it. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. I got a bad mouth. Um, <laughs> yes, the I think it was like we that comes out to like seventy five k a year or something like that. Um and we just, you know, two hundred dollars a day would cover everything that we wanted to do. Um, obviously, we had we had bigger inspira- aspirations, but two hundred dollars was a start to really get out of both of our jobs um, and really kind of be on our own. Makes sense. And then, why did what did you see about San Diego that made it more of a need for landscaping than other cities? Dude, we say we say right now that landscaping is literally the. I mean, San Diego is literally the. Uh, the landscaping capital of the world. It's, it's crazy. I mean, the money is just infinite here. Everyone has, has, you know, a decent sized bank account. It feels like, you know, cause it is expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. And secondly, the, the weather is, you can't be matched, you know, it's sunny 75 every single day of the, of the year. So in terms of, uh, seasonal work, there's none of that. It's pretty much constant. And then, you know, lastly, there's a huge issue here with uh, with kind of shit just being done half ass in terms of bu- how the houses were built and um, you know how uh, the backyards everything is graded towards the house. It's really hilly terrain here, so every house needs like a retaining wall or drainage. Every house has a big backyard that needs to be tiered off or. You know, so it's just it, pretty much everybody needs landscaping, especially landscaping construction, and the money's pretty much nonstop. So that's San Diego. We kind of just lucked out by choosing landscaping and being in San Diego. So I've been kind of riding backseat on this interview a little bit, but can you tell us a little bit about the the build the buildsters and the inspiration behind that? Yeah. Um, so as I was mentioning, through the landscaping company, we really we really noticed that there there's just a massive gap and we really wanted to be the bridge to take the, this old new way of doing thing or the, the old way of doing things into the new way and the new world of, of social media and marketing and, 
and uh, and just kind of where we're at right now in life, you know. And so at first we really wanted to start kind of like a brokering company um, where we could basically focus solely on customer service and be the one-stop shop for for uh, for homeowners when they needed work done, whether that's inside or outside the house, because we, we realized that dealing with contractors always – uh, seems to be difficult from a homeowner perspective, just because, um, you know, contractors are kind of known to be a little shady and, and not great at communication. And, and so we, the initial thought behind the Buildsters was to kind of create a, a, a brokering company, a brokerage where a homeowner could reach out to us. We would handle the design, the permits, finding the right contractors to do it pretty much top to bottom. So they only had to deal with us and they weren't having to deal with the contractor and then subcontractors and trying to figure out what's best for them. We can kind of handle everything top to bottom. So that was, that was kind of the inspiration behind it. Um, we actually, we were, uh, there's a radio company called KCBQ who reached out to us on our Instagram, on JJ's Instagram, and asked if we wanted to do a, a radio show called Can You Dig It? Where the premise being kind of kind of what the Buildsters is, being that, that informational resource for, for homeowners. Uh, and so that's kind of how it started at first. The company started as Can You Dig It? When we realized the, the actual need for this service and for marketing within con- the construction industry. We ended up hiring a marketing team ourselves called Mindgroove and, you know, used a lot of the revenue or the, uh, the profits that we received from JJ's to invest into the Buildsters. And they, they uh, presented a couple different names and we chose the Buildsters just because I feel like it's pretty encompassing and uh, the Buildsters.com was available too. So that helped out. I like it. And so now you guys have a big uh, social media presence and you're using it mainly in San Diego. But now since you're on social, are you using this business for outside of San Diego as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, for the Buildsters, it's still a pretty young company. We're about two to three months in. We just uh, we just brought on our first client who is RCP Block and Brick, which is absolutely massive because I think that was really the, the first domino to fall that needed to fall in order for this whole thing to, to, uh, to come to fruition. So, you know, right now we're really just focusing on the San Diego market. Um, we're, we're, it's kind of in the proof of concept stage where if this works, we'll be able to expand to other markets and I think it'll, it'll go pretty quickly, but you know, we, we do want to be the resource for everybody when it comes to information and, and entertainment within the construction industry but as far as the marketing side of it goes with us taking on the marketing for these, these construction suppliers, cause that's kind of how it's, it's turning. Um, we we're just focusing on the San Diego market in that aspect. Makes sense. And I definitely think there's a niche for it for sure, because for such an industry with billions and billions of dollars, uh, circulating around it, it just doesn't seem like there's any really entertainment around it. It all just looks like kind of dirty and not professional. And mm-hmm. I think, I think the uh, creating an entertainment base around it is pretty awesome. So I, I love what you guys are doing. Now, do you mind taking us through what a, what your process would look like when you're sitting down with a client for the Buildsters? Yeah, so that that's a little different because we we didn't end up going that broke brokerage route with the Buildsters. You know, so our clients now are we're we're more of a marketing company at this point for these construction companies. So. When we talked with RCP Block and Brick, which 
I don't know if they would have, I don't know, maybe, I don't think we need to cut this out, but I think it should be fine. But basically we asked them, you know, what is your guys' marketing budget? This is like a 50 to $100 million company. They got, they got 70, I mean, not 70, they got seven um, brick and mortar stores within the end yards within San Diego County. So they're a decent sized company. And we talked to them about their marketing and, and uh, what their budget is. And, you know, they told us it was $20,000 a year for their marketing that they're doing, you know, which That's is ridiculous. just so unbelievable because it's literally nothing and they're, and they're at where they're at. So our goal was basically to kind of use them as the proof of concept to show that, you know, marketing is important and you can really change the trajectory of your business with marketing dollars. And even though they're comfortable right now, it's, it's, that's a generational business as well, where kind of the, um, Craig, who I'd mentioned earlier in, in the interview, his father's the one who is the CEO right now. And it's kind of moving down to Craig. It's going to be passed off. And Craig has, you know, he has a bigger vision. He wants to kind of take it to the next level. And, you know, we ended up coming to an agreement for, um, taking on their marketing, uh, for RCP. So what we did was we basically broke down the industry into about 20 to 25 different categories, um, and focused all on supply. So like, you know, lumber supply, block supply, concrete supply, roof supply, all those different type of, of categories we kind of broke down. And then now we are approaching, uh, kind of the top companies that we want to work with within those categories and basically becoming the the uh, the marketing company for them. But what we're doing is we're building a network of, of, of trusted suppliers and trusted contractors within the Buildsters so that the Buildsters can be that one-stop shop that we wanted it to be right in the beginning. But now we have all of the experts around us, all of the best materials around us so that you know that if you find a contractor with on the buildsters or you or you see the RCP on the buildsters, it, it it's going to be a hundred percent legit and that you're going to get the absolute best quality out of that. Yeah, I love it. And I love the mission. And now I want to ask you a, a personal question, my own personal question. So my dad is a contractor out here in Long Island, New York. And mm-hmm. obviously Long Island, New York's just like San Diego somewhat in terms of uh household income. Mm-hmm. And he owns a construction business. He is solely referral based and it's pretty successful that way. But what yeah. are some of the things that you would do for him initially? Let's say you guys sat down. What would be the first step for a company like his that has no social media presence? What's the first step there? I mean, it really depends on his role in the company at the moment, because for me, what I see most important is if he's super knowledgeable, and I'm sure he is, especially with a uh, with a successful company like like you're talking about. Um, you know, what we would do and kind of within our packages, we would host a podcast show for him, get him a podcast just so that he can get that outreach and then, you know, really start banging on the, the social, social media with, you know, cool content, make sure the story is, is, uh, always kind of going, but not, not overloading everything, but just making sure that you're getting your name out there because referrals are great, you know, and that's how most of this industry is. It's all referral based, but that's because, it's it's the best contractors who don't who don't necessarily think they need marketing, um, who just use the referrals because they do good work. You know what I mean? 
But just with a little social media help, uh, a little knowledge from a podcast or something like that can really change and allow you to to scale even more. I mean, if you're comfortable where you're at, that's fantastic. But if you're if you're a contractor who's kind of wanting to break away from being in the field constantly, and you want to become more of that informational source and and w- would want to gain more business, then I think definitely starting with with a uh, you know start setting up your social media channels making sure that you're posting kind of cool videos cool pictures from your job sites and you know I, I think of course a podcast is great just because so many people are listening to podcasts right now and as a as an experienced veteran contractor there's a, so much knowledge that that you can offer because you know construction's fairly simple when you really break it down but there's a lot of little uh, expertise, uh, things that you learn as, as you go about it. What are some, what are some of your favorite podcasts that I listen to? Obviously. Yeah. What are some of your favorite uh, podcasts? I mean, Rogan's the goat, you know, he's the best. I I love Joe Rogan. Um, just cause I, I feel like a lot of us are similar in that way where, you know, and I'm sure you guys are too. I just want to learn as much as possible. And I'm super open-minded about everything. I just want to hear about um, new things and, and just kind of expand my mind. So I really like Rogan. I'm also really interested in uh, in real estate investing. Um, we, we actually currently have an offer for uh, a multifamily unit in Reno, Nevada right now. So hopefully we can we can lock that one down. But I listen to to bigger pockets quite a bit. I think that's a good one. And then um, there's one called Lifetime Cash Flow through Multifamily Real Estate Investing. One of the longer titles. I don't know why he chose that, but but it works. And and that's a good one as well. Um, then I like other stuff. How I Built This. That's a good one. NPR. Um, and I think that's for the most part, that's it. I like, I like listening to some books as well. I just throw it on like one and a half times speed. As far as investing goes in real estate and everything like that, what is your, what is your personal vision and and your goals in, in regards to all that? Since pretty much since college, since I found that bigger pockets podcast, I've really only wanted to be in real estate. Uh, my vision for it is buy and hold for long long term basically just for cash flow and and just build up unit after unit as as I go about life and and get to a point where I can be financially free through that uh, my goal that I set in college was that by the time I th- I was 30 I'd have a thousand units um, so that's that's kind of that's still the goal um, kind of slow down you now? started the landscaping coming I'm 24 gotcha cool so I so kind of slowed down because we started the landscaping company and then we got the buildsters and stuff like that. But I think real estate still is is my 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 love, I guess that uh, and the uh, the tool that I see that can bring that financial freedom that we're all kind of looking at. Well, the beauty of it is that the systems that you've already built with the companies that you have all will tie hand in hand when it comes down to when you invest in real estate, right? So obviously your real estate is going to need some landscaping down the road. So you have mm-hmm. that you have that company there. And then the builders, you get the most efficient, high quality, probably value, the best value of- um, It's just kind of like the net, the network that we've built. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You know, I feel that really most importantly that I feel like that I've, I'm taking away from these two companies, you know, because- 
Um, it was never really the vision to have these, but now that we have them, you know, I, I would love to keep them going and their streams of revenue and, and they're fantastic. I think selling JJ's landscaping would be awesome just because just to say that, you know, I, I sold a company and, and kind of just repeat that because I really feel like we did a good job. But what, what I take away from most from these companies is that we've really focused on building the processes we've built our team and we've put a lot of trust into the guys within our team to be able to get their jobs done. You know, like we hired a sales manager, we hired a project manager, we have our guys in the field. We have like a videographer. We, we brought on Vinny, the twister, who's like a, a big TikTok star um, and and a YouTube guy. You know, we just, we just really focused on building the team around us, trusted our team to do their job and and continue moving forward and, and really just making relationships. So I think I'll be able to use these, these skills and these, uh, these tools that I've gathered through this, this last about two years, you know, for the rest of my life and pretty much every business venture or uh, real estate venture, whatever, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Not to, not to be lagging back behind in the conversation, but I had a question I wanted to ask you about real estate because yeah. obviously you're passionate about it. A lot of, uh, you know, I'm passionate about it. Anthony's passionate about it. Um, and there's a lot of great wealth building characteristics to real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not. Anthony and I are both at financial advisors in our oh, careers nice. outside of the podcast. So I'm always interested to hear that financial mind of the entrepreneurs that we bring on. So mm-hmm. like, as far as diversification goes, like what what's your overall take on diversification? You know, is, is real estate the only bucket you plan on putting your wealth into and putting your money into? Or do you have ideas about you know, spreading that and diversifying it across the board a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, uh, all about the diverse diversification, you know, um, you know, I think real estate's going to be my main vehicle. I kind of got trashed in the market in like March, you know, but that's cause I was actually no a little later than March. Cause it, um, you know, as you guys are I'm obviously aware as uh, financial ad- advisors, we, uh, we had a buddy who was just buying a shitload of put options on on the market during the whole c- beginning of COVID, you know, and so we were running that and it was a lot of fun. It wasn't more mm-hmm. so investing. It was pretty much more gambling. Um, but right. the market shot back up after, you know, during the middle of this whole pandemic and everything, and we lost a shit ton of money. So I was just like, I'm staying out of the market. I'm out. You know, I think, I think uh, it definitely is important to diver- diversify. I'll definitely get back in it and not try to gamble it. I'll just, you know, I have some Apple stock, I have some Tesla stock. So I'll, I'll you know, I'll keep those forever, but I think building businesses is, is really one of my huge passions. I love it. I love it because of the people I meet and the, the basically bringing people together. I think that's one of my, um, you know, one of, one of the skills that I think I I'm best with, and that is bringing people together. Um, and so, you know, I, I'd love to keep creating businesses, whether I'm with them forever, or I just help at the start, whatever that may be. But, um, you know, really more, more, I want to be in the, uh, the multifamily space apartments. Mm-hmm. Retweet, so, man. So- so like long-term for you, I guess, to go off of what you just, what you're just talking about there, what is your, you know, what's your long-term vision here? Like 15, 20 years down the road from, you know, our podcast today, if you're looking back, like what has to happen in your life to feel happy with your progress? Man, if I'm golfing every day and I got a nice family, then I did it. <laughs> I love it. 
Absolutely. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't think I'll ever stop working. You know, I think that uh, when, you know, cause by no means am I, am I wealthy? We built a great business, but I'm, you know, I'm still in the grind. I'm still deep in the trenches. You know, we're, we're getting it every single day. I mean, we just started another business. We're throwing everything back in. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that that really is ever going to stop. Cause that, you know, that's what I kind of really love to do. Um, but you know, it's, it'll be nice to eventually one day have that freedom to kind of wake up and, and be able to just hang out with my family. If that may be the case or, or go golfing or, you know, kind of do whatever. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, like I said, being a leader is always a job, no matter if you're actually working in a business or not, you're always just trying to give back in some way. And mm-hmm. Landon, Landon and I definitely have to make it out to San Diego, do a round of golf with you. I got to show off my yeah. incredibly bad fucking golf skills, dude. It's it's actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not a golfer? <laughs> I try. I try. What it's do you just, guys uh, like to do? So, I mean, I played baseball for a long time in my life, and I thought it'd translate to the golf game, and it definitely hasn't oh, no. yet. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, so. I, I was the same way. I, I grew up playing baseball. I went, I grew up, I went to high school in Las Vegas, um, and so that's super competitive baseball scene there so that's pretty much all i did and then i got a job at a golf course in college and then that's kind of how i caught the golf bug but unless you're really out there practicing working on the swing golf can be the most frustrating thing of all time absolutely the game it it doesn't really change much the ball's there it's in the same spot every time and it's just so (laughs) fucking difficult it's it's incredible it's incredible even at the the highest levels these people are destroying oh for sure but it's very very uh i think it's a great sport for translating into the rest of your life because it's all about focus staying calm keeping your head straight you know not getting too emotional about a shitty shot but just problem solving you know and that's pretty much on a day-to-day basis what we're what we're doing as as business owners and entrepreneurs problem solving at at a calm in a calm headspace you know otherwise you're never going to get it done well said man what are what are some of the like an example of uh some big problems that you faced year to date shit i mean as we were scaling uh you know like i mentioned we hired a project manager we hired a sales manager and everything was was great um we ended up having to fire our project manager about two or three weeks ago because he was doing jobs on the side and um, I think he stole a little money too, but it's just at this point, it's not even worth it to try to go out. I just don't ever want to see the guy again, to be honest, <laughs> but um, that, that, that was kind of tough. And then also our, our sales manager recently just departed and exited JJ's because he received another job offer from, uh, from a different company in Chicago, I think. So, um, you know, those were two big big challenges we had to face almost blessings in disguise though, because it brought us back to kind of our core and really made us rethink about what our goals and what our vision is for JJ's landscaping. Do we need to be the $50 million landscape company a year, or can it just be, you know, one to 5 million where we're comfortable? We, we can keep it really simple. We don't have to scale all crazy and we can just kind of take the high quality, high paying jobs that, uh, you know, that our team deserves for the high quality work that we're putting out. So it was a blessing in disguise, but just kind of some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And at such a young age of 24, when you're dealing with millions of dollars, what are some ways besides golf that you try and keep your headspace? Uh, we built a little home gym, you know, during COVID. Uh, we, our gym got shut down. So we built a little home gym, which was nice. 
Um, I like to hang out, you know, I, I live with my business partner. I live with my, my cousin who's our videographer. Uh, and then one of our, our young sales guys, his name is Zen Contestable. He's been crushing it recently and I, I live with him too. So us four live together and, you know, we really just hang out, play some FIFA, you know, grab some beers, go to the beach. Um, you know, just, just keeping it simple. I like to hang out with my boys. So Derek, tell our guests, how can we follow you? How can we follow your journey? Yeah. So, um, JJ's landscaping SD, that is the handle for our, uh, our landscaping company. That's where you'll see all our projects. You'll see kind of just time lapses of, of stuff, how we're doing stuff. So JJ's landscaping SD, we mostly post on, on Instagram. We have a website, www.jjslandscapingsd.com. Um, but we don't, we're not on it, on it all the time. However, the buildsters.com, that website is launching within the next couple of days. We've put a bunch of money into it, put a bunch of time into it. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to, you know, I know it's going to look great. I've seen it. I think people are really going to enjoy it. There's going to be blog posts on there. There's going to be YouTube videos about stuff on there. And then of course, all our podcasts will be on there. So uh, www.thebuildsters.com, the buildsters on Instagram. Uh, we have a TikTok too, but we never really post on there. And then, uh, you know, you can follow me, Derek Cleland, Derek, like Derek Jeter, D E R E K Cleland, C L E L A N. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all those things. Reach out. I love talking to people. Um, I have people, I have friends reach out all the time about, starting a business and, and trying to go after it. And, and so, you know, I'm always available. I'm always open. I just want to network and, and meet as many people as I can. So that's, uh, that's kind of where you can find me. Awesome. And, and, and tell us a little bit about that podcast. Yeah. So the podcast is, it's, it's a fun show. It's, it's a lot about, um, we're really educational on it. We bring a lot of guests on who are experts within the industry and we kind of have themes per month. Like this month was all about hardscape. So we're talking pavers and concrete and decks and things like that. Um, we're, we're kind of going to be switching it up here in the next month or so. I think we're going to bring on one of our partners to host more of the educational podcast, okay. whereas John and I will focus on, uh, kind of doing more things similar to how you guys are doing it. Um, a little more entrepreneurial minded, um, some motivational stuff, but really just talking life, talking about what we got going on. Um, and just kind of sharing our story because I know that we're not much different than a lot of other people out there. And, and, uh, you know, I think our, our situation is relatable, although we are taking a huge risk and most people, aren't willing to take that risk. Um, we, we just want to show people that it's not, it's not a scary thing to, to dive all in and that, um, you know, you will make it out alive and it'll be great. So that's, that's kind of where, where the podcast is headed within, you know, the next month or so. Well, awesome, man. And, and, uh, this is called this podcast that we're on here is called the Learnly podcast. So we usually like to finish out here with, you know, giving you 30 seconds, 45 seconds of motivation of, you know, words of wisdom, so to speak, of you to leave our, our listeners mm-hmm. with. Um, floor is yours. Uh, I think there's some good things that I mentioned in this one, but I would say if I had to leave leave with anything that 
you know, the time is right now. I would take tomorrow out of the vocab 100% completely because, you know, tomorrow is not promised. And when you are willing to just dive right in and put your foot on the gas, things will start happening for you. Life will start changing for you. Send that email, make that phone call, uh, you know, take that meeting, you know, say yes to more opportunities and, and things will start going. So keep the foot on the gas, stay positive, keep a calm head and, uh, Remember, it's all out of love, everything. That's that's how you're going to do your best. I love it. And this is coming from a 24-year-old, guys. So this is uh, incredibly impressive, man. So so excited to have connected with you and learn more yeah, about your you businesses. And we really appreciate you coming on, man. And best of luck. Thank you, man. I'd love to have you guys on, too. Uh, that was a lot of me talking on that, but I'd love to, to hear about you guys and what you guys have going on. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, let's stay connected and, and let's talk soon. For sure. Let's set it up. to the Learn Lead Podcast, where you get to own your life. Stay tuned for our future guests coming soon. Make sure to like and subscribe.